Good morning. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Game day for the Jazz, game three. Series tied at a game apiece. Okay, there's a million things we can say about this series, and we'll get to them, but two storylines to watch in today's game. Number one, Mike Conley coming back. How seamlessly does he fit in? Okay, it's been about a week. I'd have to count the number of days, but obviously he had the four-day quarantine. He was gone. So it's been about a week since he played. How is he going to play? How seamlessly is he going to slide back in? Obviously, the Jazz are playing at a high level. If you're Denver, if you're going to double Mitchell, and you're probably going to have to mix it up, double him some, you know, give him different looks and all that, he seems to have figured you out and had two great games against you. Uh, if somebody's going to beat you, well, depending on who's on the floor, you might want to see if Conley's got it going after a week off. Might buy you some easy possessions defensively you know, if he just misses open shots. Because uh, if you're going to be double teaming, you're going to be scrambling. Now, the other end of the floor, are the Nuggets going to keep shooting the three like this? 51.5% over the first two playoff games? In the regular season, they were right in the middle of the league. They hit 36% of their threes. Defensively, the Jazz allow teams to shoot about 35% from three. So if 35-36 is the normal number, and you've been at 51 I'm expecting the Nuggets to have some games where they're shooting 25-30%. you got to bring that number down. And they've been struggling to score. 105 points in each of the first two games in regulation in Game 1. Obviously, they had the 20 points uh, in overtime to win the game. But in regulation, they had 105 in Game 1. And then in Game 2, they had 105 too. So, also, I should say... Uh, those are two things to watch. Uh, there's probably a bunch more things to watch, but we'll start with those two, and then we'll progress throughout the morning. All right, for more on this one, Quinn Snyder meeting with the media. Here's the coach. Hey, Coach, uh, do you anticipate you know reintegrating Mike to, to be easier than your typical reintegration from somebody with injury? I don't, I don't think that's even I – don't, I don't think that's even a question or an issue. He's only been out for – you know, a few days, so I don't think there's any any reintegration to be had. It's like being out a quarter or six minutes. We can't wait to have him back and how his teammates feel. And um, excited to have a guy that's so impactful and uh, such a good player and such a big part of what we do. Uh, Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Quinn, before uh, you guys got to the bubble, you had mentioned um, some of the different things that you were doing for sort of film sessions and how you'd broken those up differently while kind of everyone was in quarantine. Have you carried any of that over? Have you had like smaller group film sessions or the guys been talking more? What does it look like while you've been in Orlando? Well, I, I think, you know, I did mention that and it's it's difficult here. Um, there's just there's limited space and we're socially distanced. So, um, you know, most of those things actually happen in in the gym when we're practicing, you know, kind of setting up chairs and television. And, and uh, but it's you know, I, I don't think we were watching film, but it, it's difficult to to do that in, in any way. Um, other than in the gym, given, you know, a lot of the precautions and, and protocols here. Next, we'll go Mark Berman, who is joining us from the New York Post. Hi, Quinn. Uh, thanks very much for doing this. Uh, just your reaction to Johnny uh, joining the Knicks and how he will be missed and how can he help the Knicks organization? Well, you know, I couldn't be happier 
for Johnny and, and his family. Um, you know, he, it's a it's an opportunity that, that he's he's learned and, and deserves, and uh, we're really excited for him. Uh, in what way will you miss him specifically? I mean, what's well, his strengths? Yeah, a lot of ways, really. You know, he's been someone that's been with me um, since I got to Utah. You know, his ability to is really tactically what he's you know, what he's learned and practices in the game on the bench. You know, obviously he's great on the court with, with players and, you know, you've seen him develop guys and, you know, that's something we take pride in with our program. Johnny's been a big part of that. Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Glenn, you've talked a lot about the importance of rebounding in this series against the Nuggets. What have you seen from your team in that, if, you know, especially not just Rudy, but kind of one through five? Well, it's something we have to do to, to, to win. Um, it's that simple, you know, and it's, it's although it's that simple on, on the surface, it's, it's incredibly difficult, you know, in the, in the games, um, particularly in the fourth quarter, the way that, you know, that they crash the boards collectively. Um, you know, they've got guys that, that, are, that are really good rebounders and they're committed to doing that. So there's no way for us to, you know, individually to, to rebound without, you know, having a collective purpose. And that's something we have to continue to try to do. Even when you try sometimes, um, you have to be, you know, have to have great resolve. Last question will come from Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey Quinn, uh, just getting back to the to the Mike Conley thing. How does that change things scheme wise, tactically? I mean, obviously, as, as Andy just mentioned, you guys have had great success on the boards with Jawan in there. Now, you know, getting Mike back kind of changes the alignments and all of that. How how do you adjust to, you know, how does that change the schemes in terms of what you're trying to do against Denver? Well, I, I think, you know, it goes with the, the last question that, that I answered. I think, um, you know, rebounding is something we have to do collectively. Um, really, no matter who's in the game, you know, you mentioned Juwan. We're happy with the job he's done. You know, Juwan didn't play heavy minutes for us, um, although during the time he was in there, he did an excellent job on the boards. Um, you know, he contributed in a lot of ways, not just on the glass. And, you know, again, it's I think it's more about us collectively and, you know, whether it's Donovan or Mike, you know, Joe Ingles had an excellent night on the boards. And when I say on the board, sometimes, you know, you're not the one rebounding, but you have a job to do. And, and that'll be the case with Mike as well. And, and he knows that. And we've got to all be committed to that. Anybody that's on the floor. And he certainly is. All right. There's jazz coach. Quinn Snyder. When we come back, Joe Ingles later in this hour, Kalani Sataki and Jeff Grimes, Elisa Tuiaki, all talking to BYU practice. Let's listen to a little bit of that coming up. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to, time to check in with Joe Ingles. He joined us yesterday. Talk a little bit about two. Look ahead a little bit to Game 3 and Mike Conley. 
Where is Mike Conley? It's like, where's Waldo? Uh, Joe on that right now with PK and I. Hey, yeah! This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle Bells! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show <laughs> with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Joe Ingles joins us now on the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Joe, good morning. Good morning. Is it a better morning after a big win, or is that stuff really you put it to bed when you go to bed and it no longer impacts you one way or another? Um, I mean, it makes it a bit easier to go to bed. Um, but, yeah, by the time you kind of get up this morning, it's um, you kind of flick the switch and it's gone to the next one. So, um, obviously, we were happy with a lot more things kind of last night than we were in the first game. But, yeah, you, obviously being in a series, is, there's always things you can adjust. Obviously, they'll, they'll make some adjustments. We'll look at some stuff, and I'm sure there's, there's stuff that we can obviously still do better. And, um, yeah, going to the the next one ready to play again. I don't know how much you're paying attention to the West, but it's been crazy and it's only been one or two games. You think there's a general feeling among all the guys, no matter what team you are in down there in Orlando, that at this point it's just anybody's game. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I have no idea what's going through other players or teams heads or anything, but um, I think we came in here and, like I've always said, we, we came in and, and used those eight games and um, obviously we lost some, we won some, we, we played well in some, we, we played bad in some. Um, but we wanted to be ready for, for the playoffs and um, I think in game one we we did a lot of good things um, as well and went to overtime, um, obviously lost it in, in overtime and um, went and watched the film and, and made some adjustments. And I think... Um, oh, we watched a bit of the, the Dallas game last night. Like, you, I think if you come in with the, the right mindset, and, and obviously, I don't know how much the kind of crowd and, and home and away plays into it, but um, yeah, it's just everyone's just playing, playing hard, and, and obviously some some really good games. So it's um, working out perfectly for the NBA. <laughs> It looked like it worked out perfectly for you guys that Donovan going for 57, they had to do something different. They're probably going to double him. Blitz him, I think, is the lingo you guys use. And it looked like you guys were completely prepared for that. Is that the kind of thing that you spend a big chunk of practice time on, or is that the kind of thing that you spent so much practice time on over however long you've been with the club? And, you know, in your case, all the way back to Quinn's first year. But... You know, for somebody else, maybe it's a year and a half. But you've drilled it so much that Quinn basically just says it, and you know what to do. Yeah, it's. I mean, we we talked about obviously it's it's going to be the same going into game three. Like, what what are they going to do to to adjust? Obviously, Donovan in, in both games has been incredibly efficient, um, but but also been really good moving the ball. Um, so obviously, they'll they'll make adjustments and and. You, you can prepare. We can go out there and prepare for whatever we want, um, but you still got to be able to 
like, like we don't know what they're doing. So they might come out and blitz. They might do something different with me. They they started um, blitzing Donovan pretty much from the start, um, as your basketball lingo would say. Um, <laughs> and Donovan's the, the the good thing about Donovan is he's. I mean, in his three years, he's probably seen nearly every coverage you can probably uh, throw at him. And um, even early on, I thought he was, like, I guess making... I said it to him at a timeout, like, you're just making it too hard on yourself. Like, you're you're dribbling into the double team and you're trying to not make a hero play, but he was just trying to get... I was like, dude, once you've got the double team, it's on the the backside, it's two-on-one or three-on-two or whatever it is. So... um, I mean, he he made the right play all, all night, and uh, I mean, it's just another a level of his game that that has showed, and um, his, his passing, um, and then obviously when he found the time to be aggressive, he was uh, incredibly efficient, but but aggressive at the same time. And then, I mean, Royce's defense on Jamal Murray was 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 unreal, and I I probably let him get going a little bit in the last game, and and Royce saved me. Um, Rudy rolling to the rim. Juwan starting the game. I think he hit the first three yesterday. Um, they were daring him to shoot it, standing in the thing, and he, he splashes the first one. So I think overall, everyone just being locked into to what we had to do. And um, obviously, we're, we're happy with the win, but we, we know that they're going to make adjustments, and, and and we will too. So game three will be, be another fun one. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you, man. And from my perspective, you know, I'm watching basketball for so long. I'm just looking for fun games, so competition. Long. You're so old. I am. I'm. I'm. Uh, well, I'm certainly older than you. Well, you wouldn't know it by the hairlines, but nevertheless, uh, you can tell by all the wrinkles. <laughs> Shots fired! Incoming. <laughs> that's just wisdom, Joe. Wisdom, my man. <laughs> Hard earned, but wisdom nonetheless. <laughs> I mean, I have I've had a lot of fun watching these games. I mean, even in defeat on the the other day, that was an incredible game. Do you have fun in that moment? Are you allowing yourself to have fun? I mean, I, I, the reason I play, I've always. I mean, we've talked about it before. I've always been very realistic with like what basketball's given me and, and and my family and stuff like that, and. When I started playing as a five-year-old, like I started playing because I really enjoyed it, and um, I think for me, and it, and it's not like this for everybody, but but when I'm smiling and and having fun out there, it's it's when I play my best basketball. So if I'm kind of whatever overthinking the the game plan or like not pretending to be too locked in, but when you get so locked in and you're like, um, it, it kind of consumes your your whole day and morning and. Um, I've just never been a guy that can can do that. I just need to kind of take the morning at ease, and I don't really think about it or talk about it. And um, obviously, unless we have a shoot around or walkthrough, but when I'm not at the gym and I'm at home and and all that, I just um, kind of try, honestly try not to think about it at all. And then once I obviously get to the arena and you you watch film and and do all that for preparing for the game is is when you kind of start to to get ready. And yeah, everyone's different. I mean, Donovan watches more film than I've seen anyone in my life watch. <laughs> um, and it's it's the way he likes to learn. Um, so we, we'll watch team film and everyone obviously does that. But he'll watch game after game. He, he's probably watched every Denver game this year twice over already. Um, and that's the way he likes to learn and, and watch from it. I, I'm different. I, I'll watch my clips from a previous game or, or certain clips from a, a game in the, in the regular season or whatever it is. But... 
um, yeah, I've always I've always liked um, that kind of just free, like freeing my mind and just just going out and playing. And, and obviously, I know what I'm doing in terms of the, the scouting report and stuff like that. But just just having fun with it. And I mean, that that overtime game, that double overtime game, and the thing was fun. Um, you get to execute down the stretch. It's what we play for. Obviously, some people probably think it's a little bit more pressure or anything like that, but. But I mean, I'm yeah, um, I'm lucky to be in this situation and, and play the game I love, and um, kind of obviously I I do take it serious at the same time though. I thought you had a couple opportunities to uh, say something, crack on people during the game, but you were opening up a big lead. Did you kind of get a little quieter and let sleeping dogs lie, all that kind of stuff? Because there were a couple times they thought, oh, they're going to cut, and Joe's going to be chirping, and up, oh, you're just walking off the court. With our team or with their team? Uh, you were crossing the way it. You were crossing paths, so you could have spoken to anybody, but you were just kind of, you know, just. <laughs> I was probably too tired. No, really. <laughs> no, I think. Um, I think we, we. And I mean, you don't. I don't want to give away all that. So, but you, you. I mean, you never, especially in a series. It's you. You never want to kind of over celebrate or, or over. I mean, like Jamal Murray was yelling in the first game, yelling at the bench and like screaming to, for me not to defend him and stuff like that. It's like we we don't. I mean, we, we've never really been like that. We obviously enjoy it. We have, we have a lot of fun out there as a group, but um, in the heat of the moment, you obviously. I mean, I I talk the whole game regardless, but. When you're up, well, I don't know what we were up at that point. Twenty, twenty-five. I think we'd obviously blown the lead out. You, you want to. You really want to lock into your game plan and, and not really give them a. I think for us in that kind of last quarter, obviously, not that we knew we'd won the game, but we'd put ourselves in a in a good position to win the game, and you, you don't want to give them any any life at that point. You don't want them to to run some things that that gets them going a little bit. Or Jamal obviously didn't play as well as the first game. Comes out and hits a couple of threes and gets him going a little bit. And um, I think we were so locked into to the game plan and what we had to do that. Um, Nobody was really thinking about anything else except except what we had to do on on defense and and obviously what we were running offensively and um, I think they they changed their lineup but they don't normally start their starters at the start of the fourth but they obviously they did yesterday and and obviously try to have kind of one more crack at, at getting to the getting into the lead and then kind of see what happens but we were able to sustain that and then um, obviously the last three or four or five minutes whatever we we emptied the bench and got our young guys out there so it was a it, it was a good game for, for us but obviously um, we, we still feel like there's going to be a lot we can improve on you guys feed off Rudy when he shows that emotion like he was doing yeah I mean when Rudy's playing like that it's <laughs> he's he's tough to to, to to score on and he's tough to defend on offense he um, protecting the rim it's obviously what we expect and um no, I think the the impressive. I mean, obviously, Jokic is, is a hell of a player too, and and that battle between them is um, yeah, is kind of cool to sit back and watch sometimes. But um, and, and the amount that they go to Jokic, like he's going to score the boards. It's inevitable that he's going to he's going to put it in a few times. But just for, for Rudy to to stay composed and and not get kind of flustered or mad when he when he does score, we, we've obviously got a game plan. We we can. We can do a few different things with him, and um, yeah, Rudy was just kind of. What, I guess it's no surprise to me because it's what I expect him to do. Um, but even on offense, running the floor and 
they were playing, Jokic was playing a bit higher on, he was obviously kind of blitzing Donovan, he was playing a lot higher on me than he has in, in the first game and the, the seedings game and for us to be able to hit him on that half roll and, and him finish and make plays off of that is um, is what we need him to do and obviously we've got to We've got to pass him the ball and, and trust that he's going to make that play. I think he made a left-hand wraparound pass one time, which kind of scared me a little bit. But <laughs> apart from that, he was he, he was really solid on both ends. So is it surprising to you when he blocks not just Jokic's shot, but he blocks it straight down into the paint? <laughs> it looked like he spiked it in a, in a volleyball. But I'm thinking, well, maybe you've seen that 20 times in practice. Yeah, uh, I think that were... Um, Donovan or Royce or one of them was showing me a picture after the game where they were all like it was right after Rudy had blocked a shot and they were all like flexing and screaming like they were obviously pretty emotional like happy emotional about it and I was in the background just walking normally um, and they were saying that they need to edit me out of the photo and then it would actually be a really cool photo but um, yeah I mean I did, like I said it's just what I expect him to do like I don't he doesn't I have seen it a lot of times, obviously. I've seen it in games. I've seen it at practice. Um, I've seen it um, tons of times. But, yeah, I mean, I expect him to do that. It's He's the best defender in the league, if not one of the top two or whatever they whatever they kind of in that conversation every year. He's going to be in that conversation every year, I believe. Um, but, yeah, I just, I don't know, mate, I don't, not that I not that I'm putting pressure on him to like but it's just what I expect him to do. It's what he it's what he does. It's what he's really good at. So when he does it annoys me more and gets me more emotional when he doesn't do it because I know he can do it. So when when he's locked in like he like he has been this this series, but especially yesterday, um, it just makes us such a better team. Whether it's uh, body language, leadership, scoring, passing, it seems to me Mitchell has elevated his game since you guys have been in Orlando. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I would, for once, agreeing with you, I mean. <laughs> How's it feel to be right? <laughs> no, yeah, he, he, he really has. Um, I think, yeah. I mean, we nitpick at it like a third-year player that's obviously done a hell of a lot than any of us have done in our, in our lifetimes in this three years of his playing. He's, um, he, he just... I mean, it was... I, I said the same thing. I mean, I we're not word for word, but, like, from his first game till six months in, like, the, the reads on his passing and stuff like that. And uh, I remember early on, people were saying like well, he can score the ball, but he can't really pass, or he, and he's not defending as well. And and I mean, there's, I don't know what you could say about him now. Like he he defends, he he's put a lot of time and effort into that, and and wants to be a really good defender, which is um, rare in this league. Just to to want to do it. Um, obviously, there's. You get a lot more limelight and credit for, for scoring the ball and playing offense, but, but he doesn't. He, he wants to win, and, and a part of that is we need him and and, and Rudy. Um, and obviously, Rudy's Rudy's done it for a long time. But we, we need to play defense. It's it's the the safest and, and easiest way to to help win a game. And um, his defense has been unreal. Uh, obviously, scoring the ball and and like I said, incredibly efficiently too. I think he's. He's really starting to learn and understand when he can be aggressive, when to 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 shoot, when to pass. His his passing is, um, I don't know what he had yesterday, assist wise or anything like that. But he he, he gets the 
he just the ball makes the, the right play, and and that's like I mean, same as Rudy, but that's what what I, I mean. I don't know what anyone else thinks in that team, but I, I expect him to do that. Like it's, I expect him to make the right play, and if he doesn't make the right play, I'm going to tell him, and and, and he knows that, and um, he he'd even said a couple of times like he he was trying to get deeper in the pick and roll so that he could draw the baseline guy who was kind of Jamal or, or Porter or whoever it was a lot of the time and jump up and kick it out to the thing and then it's two on one with like me and Royce or someone on that on the backside and um yeah, I mean it's I mean maybe it's not fair by me but but I expect those two guys to do that. So um I'm glad they're doing it. <laughs> So TNT ran a little audio clip, you know, guys mic'd up and all that, and we could hear Donovan sticking three-pointers in guys' faces and then telling them, it's nothing personal. <laughs> is he, is he going to end up being a better talker than you too, Joe? Because that's the thing you've got on everybody. You can talk. I Honestly, I could not care less. Um, <laughs> but I'm never going to ever, and you can quote me on it now, I will never, ever be mic'd up, so... You'll never get to hear what I really, really say during the game, anyway. But um, no, it's just not. I, I, I mean, I'm happy he does it. It's good for the NBA. It's cool for. I mean, it's cool for, for even for players. I think yesterday we were watching, and it had I think Tatum was was mic'd up with Boston yesterday or the game before, and it had high like it's. It, it's cool to see guys' personalities from other teams. Obviously, I, I know our guys, but just to see how other guys act with their teammates and interact. And, I mean, you never know when they throw a mic on how, how real it all is. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a pretty cool thing that they can do that. And obviously awesome that Donovan lets them because I wouldn't do it. But, um, yeah, I mean, Donovan can have what he wants. What am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell him not to do anything. Like, <laughs> Expecting Conley back for game three? Um, I mean, he's here somewhere. I was actually just looking at my window then, and I was like, because there's obviously, there's, I mean, there's rooms and hotels and buildings everywhere. And I know he's in here somewhere, but I don't know where I don't know where he is. Um, Donovan saw him yesterday, I think, so I might go visit him through his window or something from whatever the correct distance is. Um, but I mean, yeah, I don't, I honestly don't know what the exact procedure is with. Like with negative tests and time here, I think it, I think it's four days or whatever it is, but uh, or three days or four. I actually don't even know. You probably know better than I do. And a certain amount of negative tests you've got to have and stuff like that. So um, if he passes all that stuff and whatever, and and he's back, then awesome. If he doesn't, we'll we'll hold it down and, until he is back. Well, congrats on the win, Joe. It's uh, it's one one, and you got everybody intrigued right now. That's exactly what we were trying to do. There you go. Intrigue people. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it, and we will uh, talk to you again next week. No worries. No, appreciate it, guys. All right, there's Joe Ingles. We'll see him playing today. When we come back, BYU football, the head coach Kalani Sitaki, his coordinators, meeting with the media. We'll get you some of their conversations coming up. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. 
Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for a little college football. BYU adding games with Texas San Antonio, apparently Texas State as well, according to reports out of uh, Texas. That'll be games six and seven for BYU, three of them against Texas schools because they're already got Houston on the schedule. It's time now to listen into the head coach, Kalani Sataki, meeting with the media and Elisa Tuiaki. Let's start with the defensive coordinator, Elisa Tuiaki. Coach, I uh, was listening to... Um... Kalani talk about lots of different uh, opportunities for players to earn playing time in different formations and different packages on offense and defense. What's the kind of the breaking point for that where you reach where you want to have cohesiveness, but you want to get other guys in where, where do you, where do you land on that as far as how many guys are going to get in on defense? You know, that, uh, that really comes down to what we're trying to do on defense and matching up uh, with the personnel of the offense. I mean, we've got a lot of players that we think can contribute on defense. And so getting the best personnel on the field for the situation um, that, uh, that it calls for, I think has probably been the biggest thing. And so we will have um, a lot of, a lot of contributors on the defensive side of the ball in different packages. And, and it'll really just be matched up according to that, just the offensive personnel as well as situation. Can you tell us like how many you figure will be involved defensively? You know, I, I couldn't give you a rough number now, but I mean, um, you know, when you're looking at, at running multiple um, multiple uh, personnel groups, it normally has to do with uh, um, you know switching up of of a backer for D lineman or you know corner for a backer or corner for a D lineman. So normally a one for one type of swap. And so um, you know, probably the addition of maybe six or seven players having a role um, on the defense side of the ball depending on, on what we're trying to do. Coach, how has uh Kyrus Tonga performed in camp and and what have you seen from him so far? Yeah, he's he's been uh, he's been good ever since he he declared that he was going to end up coming back and playing play uh, his senior year. It's been uh, been good to have. As uh, I think he immediately elevated himself mentally into the into that leadership role even more. I mean, he already was, but um, you know, he's kind of a guy now that that everybody looks at and relies on. He and Matt Bushman both decided to do that, and so you kind of look to them for for leadership. Um, you know, not only on the field, but just in the way to um, in the way that they operate throughout their lives um, day in and day out, you know, and so he's done a really good job with that. He's, he's playing well. He's, he's, uh, you know, big as ever and strong as ever and, and uh, trying to keep him healthy and make sure that we get him to the fight and just really been the focus, but uh, d- definitely uh, pumped up about the way he's playing. Well, I said uh, the last two scrimmages, Kalani kind of reported the offense, maybe I think his term was won the day. Do you feel like the defense bounced back today and, and showed, showed better? You know, I think, uh, you know, before watching film, it's, you know, some of these days where we feel like we're, we weren't doing as well. Um, you kind of watch a film, watch film, and you see some of the breakdowns and, uh, personal breakdowns, scheme breakdowns, assignments, or what it is. And so it's never really as, you guys have heard it as, uh, media, it's never as good as you think, never as bad as you think. And so today there's some, 
um, off the top of my head, some positives on both sides of the ball. Um, but uh, we'll have to look at the film, make determination of that. And, you know, we're the thing that we, we talk about uh, constantly or talking to the offense staff about is we're we know that we're playing a good offensive offensive unit right now. And they know that they play are playing a good defensive unit and it's going to go back and forth uh, all the time. And I think that it, it needs to be in order for us to to, uh, you know, to get better. And so. Um, off, off of today, it's off the top of my head. It seems like there's some positives and negatives, but we'll, we'll watch the film and, and uh, try to correct all those things. And then just what has been your career history defending the option in your uh, football career? Um, I've, I've had zero. Yep. Next question. <laughs> Go ahead, Jake. Weiss, I wanted to ask you in terms of – the defenses you guys are going to run this year. I've talked to multiple players, and we've talked to multiple players. I've mentioned you guys have a three-man front, a four-man front, and different alignments on how you set up your linebackers, your secondary. Is this a true multiple defense at this point for you guys? It really has been the same for the last four and a half, five years. Um, you know, I think the biggest difference for us is now we've got we've got more contribution on the sideline. We've got a lot of guys that can play, and so um, the the. The scheme as far as going into an odd front versus an even front, bringing in a, a, a corner and taking out a backer, bringing a backer and taking a corner, all that stuff is really predicated on what the offense does and, and what we're trying to do to stop the offense. And so, um, you know, I, I don't think most people saw um, – us being multiple those first two years at least and we always were we always had the option of going to an odd front and even front and depending on who we're playing and, and what we felt was best to stop them but um yeah but uh, you know i think the biggest difference between this year and, and all those other years is we have a lot more depth right now with uh, guys that we feel comfortable about putting into the game and and helping us on defense yeah lisa what do you what do you like the most at, at this point of fall camp what do you like the most about your defense to this point um, I would say their health. I know that's the that's that's one of the things that we've got to make sure that we're we're doing is is getting all the big dogs to the fight. Um, you know you you show up to a fight with a with a bunch of players that aren't uh, developed yet and aren't ready to play. You you don't look as good of like as good as a coach. And so I think the biggest things for us make sure we keep everybody healthy and and get them to that Navy game. There's BYU defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki. Now, here's the head coach, Kalani Sataki. Yeah, Kalani, just uh, maybe give us a recap of the, the format of the final scrimmage, how many plays were ran, and what the layout was of, of your final scrimmage. Ooh, I think we're close to – have to look at the final number, but I think it was about 85 reps or so. And uh, we you know, decided to uh, – um, we, our, our goal was to go over the whole entire thing live, but I think I think it was better for us to get only about 30 or so reps of live work today. Been a really physical camp, and uh, looking at our guys, I think that was the best best goal for us. And you know, we, we were able to keep get everyone going and competing. And, and uh, you know, I think it was harder for the offense to move, but I think the defense and offense both did some good things on both sides of the ball. Had some good work on special teams, and I was really pleased with the with the day. So I. I I think we got exactly what we wanted from it. <clears throat> with the final scrimmage of fall camp over, who who are you going to have take those first snaps at quarterback against Navy now? Uh, probably a, a number of different people. You know, we'll, we'll try um, 
probably some some of the scout team receivers uh, that can do that. They're quick and be able to do that, be able to get a good read and good look for us. And then we'll, you know, we have other guys that, that have been in the system before. I think we've had guys like Jason Money and others that, that can run that 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 option for us too. So um, th- that's going to be our focus is getting to that. We'll have more opportunities to go live with our scouts because we have to um, with this with the option defending the option. So uh, we'll get uh, some of that work going started tomorrow and then we'll we'll do a little bit of it um well we'll, we'll get some more live work next week and then uh you know we'll see how how much live we need to go next week but i think that in order to simulate that the the, the scheme we have to see our guys cut live looks from our scouts and uh and, and give us the best op- option to see it as quickly as possible so we'll, we'll do whatever it takes and then seeing that you know we're gonna have our first two opponents be this type of scheme it, it helps out getting an early jump at it and and having our guys learn it and it's good to have it back to back kalani uh how much do you know about the the division one council vote to allow s- student athletes to compete this year without losing eligibility and what are your thoughts on that Oh no! I'm just getting ready for Navy, and trying to keep our our place a low risk environment. That's I'm focused on uh, trying to help our guys be safe in, in in the facility and educate them as much as possible for what we're dealing with the virus and uh, trying to get a football team ready. I, I I don't know a lot about the other stuff that's going on, whether it's scheduling or the administrative things. I'm I'm really focused on what we're trying to get done now. Speaking of trying to keep a low risk environment with school starting up here in the next couple of weeks. Um, have you guys thought about what the influx of students will be like in Provo? And are you guys going to take any measures to try and keep the team uh, away from a lot of that student body? Yeah, I think the school's got a really good um, uh, plan, you know, and, and for our guys is just keep educating them and make sure that they're smart. Um, they'll be wearing masks and uh, whether they're attending class in person or online, uh, they'll, they'll be able to handle it. I, I I trust them, you know, even though there'll be a high number of people in the area in Provo that our guys have done a great job so far and they, they love, love football. So I think they're going to try to do whatever they can to, to keep it low risk and, and uh, you know, keep things as much as a bubble as they possibly can in order for us to play this game. Kalani, how did the defense look today and did they make strides after uh, last scrimmage? Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, all the guys participated. So uh, we saw a really good experience uh, defense out on the field. And, you know, I think if you look at it, offense had some bright spots. Defense had some. It was it was a it was a, a, a complete battle between the two. So uh, I got to go watch the film. But I would have to say right now it was an even even match. Uh, if you look at, you know, the guys that we had on the field, I thought they played physical up front. If you're an O-line, D-line guy, it's pretty much whether you're you're thudding up or tagging or or live tackle it's for the old lineman it's all live so um you know I, I was really pleased with the physical part of the game from the d line and i think the the you know the twos are really stepping up and starting to close the gap between them and the ones right now the ones that the experience that they have and the uh you know the, the, the just being out there the savviness being able to play with the with the, the same scheme and uh, play fast is a lot easier for them um you know the, the other the newcomers are starting to get along but we we feel really good about the talent that we have on defense and i thought they matched up a lot better than they did the two previous times we went live Kalani, uh, consistency has been a word that maybe has been thrown out a little bit on the outside looking in for the program. What do you feel it's going to take to have a consistent product week in, week out that 
you guys know what you you who you are and you're producing at a high level. What's that going to take in your opinion? I think it's a number of things. I don't know if it's just narrowed down to one thing, but I would uh, right off the top of my head, I say, you know, being able to keep our guys healthy and, and we've done that uh, and try to work with that in our sports medicine area, but also, uh, you know, with, with our uh, weight training and our off season conditioning. So uh, I think we've made a lot of, a lot of uh, progress in that part. Got a lot of guys that have had, had experience playing the game and, and started. So I think it's just working out that we have a lot of experience returning and a lot of veterans on our team right now. So it's looking like a good a good setup. But um, you know that that's going to be the key. There's a lot of there's so many different variables that go into it. But that's the number one thing that comes to mind is is making sure that we uh, you know the, even though we have a lot of depth right now, it, it's the key is to keep working with our depth, stay physical, but at the same time and aggressive. But at the same time. Uh, keep our keeping our guys healthy and a lot of that has to do with them doing their part as well hydrating and getting their sleep and and making sure that they're you know doing the right things um, off the field and uh, that so they can get themselves in a better position to have success and meaning stay as healthy as possible but so far in camp we've had really physical camp we've had some guys that have been banged up and and um, you know with all the physical stuff that we've seen I thought the guys came in into the se- into this fall camp a lot uh, more prepared and that probably has to do with them being older and a lot of uh, veterans returning yeah coach you you touched on this a little bit a minute ago and, and you've mentioned it before um the last couple of weeks but with with regards to the virus and just kind of the uncertainty and and so much talk of safety and healthy healthiness and that kind of thing do you feel like you guys are are doing everything that you can to to make sure your players stay safe from the virus and, and maybe just as importantly kind of away from football, like when they're not in practice or in that practice facility kind of thing, do you feel like they're, they're, there's more to it than even just what you guys can do kind of in that practice bubble, I guess. Yeah, I think that's that's the the part that we. I mean, we've been really harping on on them being safe and educating them on everything. And then you know, I've I've mentioned over and over again that that that's been the key is that we. It's not just like we have this one educational time moment where we just say, okay, this is how you're gonna stay safe. It's constantly doing it and then having them um, help each other. You know what I mean? And that's that's uh, I think uh, holding each other accountable. Uh, and we're all in this together. We all want to play football. And in order to, to be in a good position to play, we have to do our part. There may be some external forces that may, may change it. But right now, we we know that if we do our part and then keep it as safe as possible, we'll do well. But uh, our coaching staff and, and, and our administration has been really focused on keeping our guys safe. And that even goes to the concussion studies that we've been able to do, the things that we know now compared to a couple decades ago when I played. You know, And so uh, as we start to learn more about how to keep our players healthy and start to know more about technology and know more about people's bodies and and their the recovery i think it's important that we always look for ways to be innovative and creative ways to keep our guys as healthy as possible and that's an entire body and, and right now we're dealing with a, a virus but at the same time we've been focused on keeping them healthy with the concussion protocol and a lot of different things that we work with and educate our players as far as injuries and preventing injuries Kalani, I wanted to ask you in terms of the morale of your team, you're now finishing up fall camp now and kind of switching, I guess, into quote unquote game week mode. What's the morale of the team right now as you kind of make that shift? Oh, they're really excited. I think right now we got to the point where it was like we had to move on, you know, because I, I think they're just getting, uh, although they love competing and hitting and getting after each other, I, I know that they want to start moving to 
to focusing on our first opponent and, and started developing the depth chart and starting to see guys that are going to get, you know, where they're going to play, whether it's special teams, offense and defense. And I think that's going to be the next transition. So it's, as we progress towards the season, they're, they're getting excited because that means that the, the game is close, you know, being, I think, what, two and a half weeks away now. Lonnie, I was just going to ask about that depth chart. Are you going to share that, uh, formulate it, and share it with the guys? And uh, and then when do you think you'll share that with us? Oh, with the players and with you? I don't know. I might take a, a, a survey and see if you guys would be interested in that. <laughs> we'd take a, maybe we'd do a pool and see if you guys can guess what the what the uh, depth chart will look like without ever seeing football or ever seeing us in person. So, no, I, I think we'll, we'll, we'll start getting that down and, and start formulating the depth chart. But at the same time, you're looking at a lot, a lot of different personnel groups that we can use, um, you know, offense, defense, and special teams. But if you're looking at defense and offense, there's going to be a lot of different guys that could potentially start and guys that will have a lot of uh, reps in different packages in different schemes. So uh, we'll probably have that ironed out in the next little bit. And I don't mind sharing it with people, but, you know, we're, we're looking at um, first getting the guys in the right spot and then getting some practices with the Navy scheme and then uh, formulate that, that depth chart. It may be, it may be look, it may look a little different than, um, than what we saw in spring and what we saw from last year, but we'll see. But I'll, I'll, I'll try to get it out to you guys as soon as I can. I know it's really important to you guys and I'm not being facetious. I'm, I want to, I'm telling you guys, I want to get it out as soon as I can. Yeah, Kalani, uh, just real quick. Uh, I know it all focuses on Navy, but your thoughts on adding Army as well and having now two military programs uh, officially on the schedule? Oh, tons of respect for the military, you know, and, and uh, great coaches. Um, and so I, I respect the, the, the coaching staff, head coaches for sure. And I've had opportunities to be around them and talk with them often, especially since I've become the head coach here. So uh, I think they uh, do a great job in, as far as running their programs and being leaders of their programs. And, and uh, they have great young men that I, I'm proud those guys are, are out there defending our country and fighting for our freedom. So I, it's an honor for us to play against Army and, and play against Navy. We're focused on Navy right now, but uh, glad that we have uh, the schedule starting to look, you know, starting to form a little bit and gets the guys more excited. But since Navy was announced, that's been our primary for focus. But now thinking, you know, you want to plan ahead. It's, it's, it's a good transition to go from Navy to uh, have an Army so close. For us, I think it's a good benefit. There's BYU head coach Kalani Sataki. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines. Stay with us.